0: John Clayton.
1: Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios.
0: Streaming live at 710sports.com. On demand everywhere. On the 710 Seattle Sports app. Now, John Clayton. And
1: joining us for our Wednesdays with Wyman is Dave Wyman. And so, Dave, uh, thoughts uh, You know, right now? Of course, I mean, we had a big conversation about third downs. You know, Michael Bumpus made a good point that what needs to be improved is third down on offense, third down on defense, uh, what what things can you notice? Is that the biggest thing this team needs to work on uh, in the next uh, week when they get back?
0: Well, it's kind of interesting. I was talking to C. Raj about it before, and I, when it comes to those kinds of things, I go into sort of uh, ex-player mode. Like I think of them as just plays. Uh, I, mean, I just remember the call coming in. Uh, well, what down is it? Uh, I don't know. Is it first? Is it second? Is it third? I mean, we're we're trying to make it work. You know, matter no matter what. I mean, as far as like creativity, I think as far as the offense goes you're trying to get good matchups, favorable matchups, you know, personnel wise and get somebody in a position where they can win and you can beat, you know, they have a weakness, you know, you think their linebacker has a weak cover skill. Then you try to get a running back or tight end, um, you know, isolated on him. So it's funny. I, I, it's interesting um it's 2012 or 13 john we were interviewing richard sherman and uh and they were having a, a struggle on third down and i remember i think it was bob or graz asked him you know what what's uh you know what's going on on third down why is it, you know is that a problem and he was like well no because we're really good on first down we're good on second down why would it be that all of a sudden magically on third down we're just not good we're running the same defenses you know so yeah i just those kinds of things are kind of a fun fact for me, I guess is what I'm saying. I mean, they're not good on third down. Well, they've been really good on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. And you don't want it to go to that. But yeah, I, as far as creativity, everything, I think most fans, John, this is uh, breaking news here. Uh, most fans really like plays that work. And when it doesn't work, they get mad. And then they point fingers and they want, you know, somebody to get fired or this guy to start and that guy not to and everything. But... You know you're you're out there playing against a bunch of rules. I mean, I think that Minnesota Viking team is really good, really good. I mean, their guard play is not great, that's for sure. But you know they've got some some good weapons, and now I think it their opponents are now sixteen. The teams that have beat them are sixteen and two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know that that's that's the thing. Or seventeen and two after last night with Tennessee. So yeah, it's just. Um, I don't know. Those are just plays. They're just situations. It's just a lack of execution. And honestly, sometimes when you're good on, you know, first down, second down, just not good on third down, it's kind of a coincidence. I don't think that there's still football plays. Let me throw one at you here to see
1: what you think, uh, because... The there's a guy that may be, I think, of interest, you know, yesterday uh, because he was in actually in the COVID program in Tennessee, he was out for a while and then they brought him back. And, of course, they, basically, he's been pushed down behind in getting on the field a little bit more because they got Vic Beasley and they have, um, you know, certainly added J- uh, Jadevian Clowney is Camila Korea? who was a linebacker in Baltimore, linebacker in Tennessee, but has some pass rush. And basically, you know, he's making a one-year, $1.25 million contract. Do you think that might interest John Snyder for a seventh-round pick? Because uh, they did say, because they didn't play him, they had him inactive last night, even though he was healthy, that uh, you know, he says, I want out of here. And they said, okay, we'll accommodate you. We'll either trade you or we'll cut you.
0: So yeah. would he be a consideration for Leo? Well, yeah, I think everybody's a consideration for John Schneider, you know, and as far as you talk about linebacker, I mean, look, Michael Kendricks, you know, that that's still an Mm -hmm. option, I think. So, and, you know, his health is kind of a mystery. I don't don't know about that. But if they're considering it, I'm assuming that they know he's in fairly good shape. So, yeah, and and at linebacker, and there's been some, you know, sort of mixed reviews with Cody Barton, you know, and I said a couple of weeks ago, I think Michael Kendricks is, is a better linebacker than Cody Barton right now anyway, but... Cody gets a bad rap. I mean, he he has a couple of bad plays, but he had a really good game against Minnesota. Man, I mean, I I, I was great in his first half, and I saw people were tweeting things out during the first half, and I, I went through and looked. I saw three two negative plays, three negative plays, the, you know, a lot of neutral, and like seven good plays. So you know, and then the second half he was really good. So as far as linebacker goes, I I guess I I think Kendricks is is a guy, but you know, if you want to get that guy like Correa, I don't know a whole lot about him, but the fact that he is kind of like a Clay Matthews where mm-hmm. he can drop into coverage and he can. Well, I'm not, I'm not thinking it from
1: the linebacker standpoint. I'm talking about for, you know, just rushing the quarterback because he has the ability yeah, to I, rush the I, quarterback.
0: Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're always in um, the market for everybody. And as far as, you know, the, off the edge right now, yeah, they could use somebody. I'll tell you what, though, John. Um, DeMontre Moore, first of all, Benson Mayoa is – he has – think about this. And and I'm not saying how great they are, the defense and everything. I'm just saying they're making plays at, at key times. So think about Benson Mayoa in Atlanta – Two fourth down stops. Knocked a pass down, got a sack. He's the guy that was there when Dak Prescott's arm got hit. Ball goes into his hands. He makes a play there. He forced both the the interceptions against the Dolphins. Uh, one he tipped and the other one he hurried. And you go back and look at the film. You can see Fitzpatrick totally changes his uh, arm motion because of Benson Mayoa. And then... And I did a football one-on-one thing that should be up here pretty soon. But on the there was a play that set up the fourth down where they made the stop. And first of all, he made an amazing play on fourth down. He just flung his body back into the, the ball carrier. But the play before that, him and DeMontre Moore run about – well, DeMontre Moore runs like 25 yards, and he runs probably a, a total of 30 because he goes inside, then he comes back out, and it was that flip play to Phelan. And they came over on the sidelines and they both just crushed him. And it was like 18 inches short of the first down. If those guys don't do that and make that play, that's the first down. Game's over. So, yeah, they, they've had a lot of really good, you know, sneaky performances out of some of these guys that are on a really bad defense. I mean, it's they're giving up tons and tons of yards. But you have to say, like, the fourth down plays. You know, we were talking about third down not being good, but they're good on fourth down. You know, they, they get takeaways. I think they're number two in the NFL with 10. So I think that's what we're looking at defensively. Can somebody help them? Absolutely. So, yeah, bring up Correa. You bring up. Clay Matthews, uh Michael Kendricks, yeah, they can all definitely be in the mix and you know be candidates to to be on this team because right now I mean you are getting you know some some performances like that, but you look at the numbers and they're not good
1: No, that's true, but of course, I mean the numbers don't tell the story of what's going on in the National Football League because again, m- many of the good teams have as just you know they they're exposed on defense because again, this yeah. is an offensive year.
0: Yeah, it's and you know it's it's funny uh, trying to explain things and I say this a lot that you know you want to be able to understand things and like for fans and I get it you know and same for talk show hosts you know you want to or an analyst you want to try to explain what's going on so what you do is you go back and start connecting the dots going oh okay it's because of this that and the other and that's kind of a fun thing to do sometimes though you just can't explain it uh, I'm not saying that I'm going to at my job now just go well I don't know because you can't explain it (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. but we'll try to try to continue to figure it out but it is it's very odd John I mean you do see some of the penalties not being called that certainly is is part of it but you know usually early on uh, defenses are ahead of offenses and you know we're still kind of in the first quarter just in beginning the second quarter of the season and the offenses are way ahead it's just uh yeah maybe it's the the calls you know not going their way as much but it's it's odd that the offenses are so much more polished than the defenses. Yeah,
1: it really is. Uh, thoughts on what they'll do uh, with Damon Harrison in next week or so, trying to get him on the field.
0: Yeah, I, that'll be uh, that'll be cool to watch. That I mean, he is a big dude. He's got a big personality. I think he's going to bring a lot to that defense. And you just plug him in the middle. And that that was probably the biggest disappointment. John was that. Um, when Dalvin Cook went out, I thought, wow, that guy's really good, and he's torching this defense. But then Madison comes in, and even Boone, the third stringer, he ran a couple of times for like 20 yards. So the run defense, you know, is, it was really good. It was third, but it was a lot of it because no one was really trying them because they were coming, you know, opposing teams were having to come from behind and they weren't running the ball. So that was pretty discouraging. So I would like to see them plug him in the middle and see what that does for that run defense.
1: Okay, well, that's going to be good stuff. And that's our Wednesdays with Wyman, Dave Wyman, and, of course, David. Looking forward to talking to you at four today.
0: All right, me too. Thanks, John.
1: All See right, it. sounds good. And, of course, uh, you know you can listen to the show on the 710 Sports app. It's uh, plow- powered by the Dubin Law Group. Coming up next, we're going to get out the grade book and get some report cards going, get some grades going. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. It's
2: time for... The The Report Report Card. Card with the Professor.
1: And, of course, we get the Report Card out every day. We look at the good, the bad, the ugly, the smart, the stupid, what people say, what people do. We take the stories. We take the anecdotes. We take social media comments. We take voices. And we attach a grade to it. Curtis Rogers, as always, here with the Report Card.
3: John, uh, yesterday, obviously, the big news in the NFL was the Bills-Titans game. Tennessee blew out Buffalo 42-16 on a rare Tuesday night football. But if you missed it during the game, there was a bit of a news dump from the Jets organization. Uh, They officially released Le'Veon Bell Tuesday night after a year-plus in the organization. He made a lot of money for his time in New York. uh, But, boy, did he not produce at all with the Jets John, how are we grading in now that we have hindsight in our in our view, how are we grading the Le'Veon Bell experiment with the New York
1: Jets? An F. As and, and again what about, uh, we give an F to Le'Veon Bell, who put himself in a position that uh, he loses $14.55 million on a real good franchise, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, because he wanted more money, wanted a longer-term deal, so he sits out to season, then he ends up going to, now, the worst team in football, the New York Jets, and just having a miserable time, and now... His career is damaged, the money that he's lost, and, of course, the money that the Jets have lost. I mean, this was an absolute mess. And now the Jets, you know, I I have to look and see. I don't know if they even have one player who's been to the Pro Bowl left because they've taken away so many players. I mean, it is absolutely brutal what they've done. And it's like it is F-F-F-F-F-F-F
3: yeah I gotta give it an F as well. That was just one of the worst free agent signings I think we can ever imagine in NFL history or ever remember in NFL history twenty one games that's it <laughs> and he's done and they still owe him six million dollars. so they're still on the hook for that bill. They couldn't... also
1: remember they have CJ Mosley who oh, he, he, yeah. he's you know he's a pro Bowl player, but I think he's only played in like two games.
3: Yeah, and he chose to opt out. Yeah, so boy, what an awful, awful 2019 offseason the Jets had, and it continues to reverberate here into 2020. And uh, you got to wonder just how much longer Adam Gaze and company have uh, in charge of that organization, because holy cow, those moves have backfired in a big, Big way awesome. on that organization. Yeah, got to give that signing an F just for everybody involved. Uh, also, John, on the report card today, uh, speaking of that Bills-Titans game, following the game, Taylor one who is pretty outspoken, uh, offensive lineman, left tackle for the Titans, uh, he found a camera after the game and had a message for... I guess the haters out there, a message for people who uh, aren't fans of the Titans organization. Here's what he had to say. They hate
0: him. They were angry at us. They thought we did everything
2: wrong. Don't put us in adversity. Scratch all day, match all late.
3: John, I, I I don't think he had it all there. When, when, or I, I just don't understand his hate for the haters, I guess, because... It was the Titans themselves that mm-hmm. self-inflicted all of these COVID issues. Uh, you know, meeting when the NFL told them not to, and then seeing what was it, twenty-four members of the organization test positive because of that. It seems very misdirected, Taylor Lewan, right there for him to say like, "Oh, this one, you all hate us because we we do things here differently." And it's like, well, people hate you because you you threw a big wrench into the 2020 NFL season and possibly could have shut things down for everybody. I think that's why everybody hates the Titans right now, wouldn't Yeah, you say because so? again,
1: it's like and then they they're getting away with it so far with no penalties. That to me doesn't make any sense. I mean, because what you're looking at is that uh, you know they had to juggle all these different games. What is it? They put out the most crazy press release on Sunday uh, with the NFL with 11 games being moved and moving everybody around. I mean, <clears throat> letting the uh, Steelers out to dry, you know, because they they didn't get a chance to play. And again, now they now they set themselves up with what four home games and five games. I mean, to me, it's ridiculous. And then you know, taking the Astro approach, it's like, uh, well, you just don't like us, and we. It's like, no, it's like you guys screwed up. I mean, you broke protocol. I mean, you've got pictures right now of guys having practice when you're not supposed to be practicing. And I'm not talking about from the competitive standpoint, but from the COVID standpoint. And each day they kept on doing it. It's an F.
3: It is an F. I 100% agree with you on that, John. It is very much like the Houston Astros where, you know, it's kind of, oh, it's us against the world. It's like, no, you brought this on yourself. You brought this very deserved criticism upon yourself. You've got to take it. Or else, it's joy- it's just going to come at the at the Titans. It's the criticism is just going to come at the Titans even harder because look, you guys did it to yourselves, and if you don't accept this, or, or-, or if you. Like It's just such a terrible situation, John, and the Titans have only themselves to blame for it.
1: Agreed. Uh,
3: let's get to a, a weird happenstance in Major League Baseball, John. Uh, in Game 1 of the National League Championship Series, Atlanta's second baseman, Ozzie Albies, hit a home run into their bullpen. Uh, let's take a listen to that one. Nothing into two, the count. That is well hit into left center field. Back at the wall, let has gone. Mark Melanson was warming up on the mound out there. Didn't have to move. He just reached up and caught the home run. So, yeah, Mark Melanson, Braves reliever, reaches up, catches a home run from Ozzy Albies, his teammate. Kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Game two, the exact same thing happened. Albies shoots one into left center field. Watch out, Tomlin. It's coming your way. Oh, that's twice. That's and He's caught two in two games. And Albies has hit two in two games. Same batter, same pitcher catching the home run in the bullpen, same bullpen, same inning in which those home runs happened, John. How crazy of a happenstance is
1: this? Uh, very crazy. I mean, you have to give it an A because, again, it's just like with something you never see. And so it's like, that is just absolutely amazing to see that going. And, you know, the fact that they were able to, you know, do the same thing over and over. I mean, that's just remarkable. So I have to give it an A. I
3: I have to give it an A, too. And I think that's something we should all be watching for in Game 3 today, if Ozzie Albies can hit it into the Braves' bullpen, directly into Mark Melanson's glove. If it happens a third straight time, John, I think everybody's got to buy a lottery ticket or something oh, because yeah. there's just no way that could happen a third game in a row, right? That, mm-hmm. that's, that's incredible. bizarre. Uh, and then finally, John, a couple of notes from the NFL. Uh, just announced, actually, that there will not be a 2021 Pro Bowl game. It was scheduled to be in Las Vegas, home of the Raiders. Uh, but they did announce they will have uh, some virtual events in its place. They will still vote on the Pro Bowl, but there will not be a Pro Bowl game. How are we, Gray Matt, decision by the NFL?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it, uh, it's a it's a B. I mean, because again, there's no choice. I mean, right now. Uh, And Roger Goodell's not big in the Pro Bowl as it is but to think that you can assemble and get all the players together at the risk of the virus and all that stuff I mean the most important thing right now is get to the Super Bowl try to find a way where where there's going to be the time it's scheduled right now where there's going to be a little delayed but I think the Super Bowl is more important than what you're seeing there so I'm going to give that a B
3: yeah, I'll, I'll give it a B. I, th- I think that's a a good grade for it because, as you said, John, goal number one should be to get the the regular season and the postseason in, and pretty much anything else that isn't in the regular season in the playoffs. That's just kind of fluff. You, you mm-hmm. just got to cut that fat off, and and you know maybe bring it back in in a year or two. Because right now, just get this season in. There have been a uh, plenty of speed bumps, plenty of hiccups along the way. No thanks in part to the Tennessee Titans. But, uh, yeah, it is so very important that the NFL get the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl, just not as important in the grand scheme of things. So hopefully
1: it'll come back in 2021.
3: That is it for today's report card, John.
1: Okay, and be sure you check out the professor's notes. It's 710sports.com. Professor notes are brought to you by Infinity of Tacoma at five. Coming up next, we are going to go ahead and go into busy hard seltzer text line, taking your text questions. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN
0: Seattle. It's John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio.
1: Two hours, every day, 10 to noon.
0: Streaming live at 710sports.com. On demand on the 710 Seattle Sports app.
1: Time to go into busy hard seltzer text line, taking your text questions. Text away at 710710. So, Curtis, what do we have?
3: John, this one comes to us from, let's go with uh, this one from the 518. Not really sure where that area code is. Let's take a look here. That is a northeast New York, so upstate New York. All right, shout out to them. They want to know, John, do you think it's over for A.J. Green and the Bengals?
1: Hmm. I mean, over as far as AJ ending his career? No, I don't think so. I mean, he's been fighting some injuries on his legs and all that stuff, and you know he's got a good young quarterback now. The question is going to be how much do they pay him next year because they got him under the franchise tag, uh, and you know, I think you know they want they're, they're very loyal in most parts to the guys that have done so well through the years so no I don't think so and again the big problem that they have is not the wide receiver group because Joe Burrows is completing a lot of passes it's the offensive line and the defense they got a bad defense they can't uh, do anything as far as uh, stopping the run or anything of that nature so again it's like you know, they, they need to add players not lose players.
3: 206 wants to know John once Aishon Robinson returns to the Rams lineup how good can that defensive line be?
1: Well, it's amazing cuz I was just you know working on some stats right now. Uh you, you know who leads the league in sacks right now? It's the Rams. Of course, a lot of that is Aaron Donald with the seven and a half sacks and being absolutely dominating. But I doubt very much that you're going to see A.J. Johnson back because you know he he basically took the position. It's like uh, I'm worried about covids and I really wanted to opt out. And what they did is they worked out an agreement with him financially that uh, you know he can uh, still be on the roster, still be under his two-year, seventeen million dollar contract. But I don't know if he's going to play because I think he doesn't want to because of the covids.
3: Eight hundred one wants to know if Kamale Correa, the Titans' linebacker, is a fit or need for
1: Seattle, or could he be just another bad apple? Uh, I think he's. I think he's a consideration. He's not a bad apple. I mean, he's a guy that uh, you know he's got sack ability and all that stuff. And again, it's like not bringing him in as a linebacker, bringing him in as a possible Leo. I think you know for a seventh round pick or his he's cut, uh, it'd be better if you get him. As, if he's cut, so you don't give up the draft choice. But I think he's got to be a consideration.
3: Five hundred nine wants to know: Should we
1: expect any
3: explosive confrontations between Pittsburgh and Cleveland involving Miles Garrett?
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, there's no way there's not going to be because you know these two teams don't like each other. It's a division game, and it's an important division game. And you know there's going to be uh, you know ramifications. Now, again, you know the officials are going to watch this real tight because they don't want anything bad to happen. But you know, I, I just know that series so well, having covered it for a good portion of my life is that, uh, no, there's definitely going to be some problems.
3: 360 wants to know, John, is Chase
1: Claypool the next great Steelers receiver? I think so, yeah. I think he's really looking good because they do the best job, I think, in football at drafting receivers. And you look at him and you you see the similarities of what DK Metcalf can do. And to come back as a rookie in this type of a year and get four touchdown passes and 110 yards, phenomenal.
3: He's looking really good. Pittsburgh's looking really good, too. They're undefeated. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one comes to us from the 360. They want to know, how would you grade Quandre Diggs' play this season?
1: I'd say, you know, a B. I mean, I don't see, And again, you can't give anybody on the defense an A. Maybe you can give uh, Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright some A's. uh, You know, But I'd, I'd say right now it's a B because, again, he's been solid. And, again, he's the free safety. He's not the one getting beat on passes. From the 206, they want to know,
3: John, when do you expect Cam Newton to return to the Patriots? I'd
1: say in another week. I think this one's going to be too tight to be able to do it this week. He's had virtually no practice or anything of that nature. So I think you know more than likely it's going to be next week.
3: 253, interesting question, and especially after watching Tennessee so closely last night. They want to know, should Seattle fans be feeling better about not signing Jadevian Clowney?
1: No, I think that uh, he was such a good fit here and he's such a good talent that, uh, no, I think that, uh, you know, he still should have had a place here. But again, that was more on him than the Seahawks. I mean, you know, they offered him, uh, he may have been insulted at the time when they started offering him in the teens. But again, that's what his value is. So, no, I think that, uh, you know, they, they are better with Clowney.
3: 425 wants to know John if you think Dan Quinn will do any consulting work at the
1: end of the season here or take the rest of the year off. I think probably take the rest of the year off because again it doesn't benefit him to be able to do that and <clears throat> it puts him in a position, you know, unless he knows the next team he's going to go to, then I think it could that could be a consideration, but no, I think at this moment it's just a matter of like okay, you go ahead and uh, you know just take the rest of the year off, spend time with family and then get ready for the next round so you can get a coordinator's job.
3: This one from the three six zero wants to know: John is Justin Herbert gaining on Joe
1: Burrow in the rookie of the year race? Mm, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I think it's because you know his numbers have been fantastic and his play has been great, and so yeah, that, that that's a pretty good uh, one-two battle right now.
3: Uh, from the two five three, speaking of rookie of the year, who do you think is the defensive rookie of the year?
1: Mm, defensive rookie of the year, ooh hard To say right now, I think it's way too early to say because, again, you, you the cornerbacks, uh, they're they're struggling again. The defense, uh, <laughs> again, asking for defensive awards in a year like this may not be, uh, you know, the most wise thing.
3: Chase Young, he's how has he been doing? With uh, the he, missed, he
1: missed a game. I mean, he had a good first game, but uh, you know they're they're a bad team, and they got five first-round picks that have been defensive linemen drafted in the last five years. But uh, you know, I think he he has the best chance to win it. But uh, right now, I mean, it's still a matter that uh, you know he missed that game with a knee.
3: This one comes to us from the three six zero. They want to know: Do you think Daryl Taylor will miss the entire season recovery?
1: I wouldn't say that. No, I think that's way too early to wipe that out because you know he's still coming back. You know, it's it's been frustrating. You know, but he's right now he's still not eligible. He has to wait till week seven to be able to come off the list. So at this stage, you know, just kind of stand by.
3: Uh, from the two five three, they want to know: Are you surprised with how unproductive Isaiah Simmons has been for Arizona?
1: Mm, yeah, I am surprised because I mean, you looked at him and you're thinking, okay, the positionalist type player, he can play linebacker, he can play safety, but he only got like an 18 plays, and so yeah, that that surprised me because I thought you know he was going to be a great acquisition. From I'm not writing him off yet, but again, it's like you know, I think I, I'm surprised.
3: This one comes to us from the four two five. They want to know, John, will New Orleans bounce back, or are they going to struggle make it to make it to the playoffs?
1: No, I think it. Uh, you know, I think they'll be okay because you know what you're looking at is that uh, you know they're three and two. I mean, it, every game's a struggle. Every game's a struggle for Seattle. Uh, you know, at some point they'll settle in. They got to figure out what uh, what is going on with this bad situation that's there with uh, Michael Thomas, but, uh, you know, they're 3-2, and two, and technically you can say they're the third seed in the NFC. This one
3: from the 503. They want to know, John, which team do you think has the upper hand
1: on Monday night, Arizona or Dallas? Hmm... I'd say Dallas. I mean, I'd say Arizona right now because you know you can see that uh, you know Kyler Murray's coming off Offensive Player of the Week, so he can he can score points and he can get yards and all that stuff. And Dallas defense can't stop anybody. And so uh, I'd I'd put the uh, odds on Arizona. This one comes to us from.
3: The 425. They want to know, John, do the Seahawks practice outside during the pouring
1: rain to prepare themselves for rainy game days? Not really. No, they go inside for the most part. You know, that's almost uh, something. It's like, hey, you're in Seattle. You know you have to deal with the weather, but you don't have to do excessive things like that. So, no, they would go inside. It's
3: not like the Lions where they're practicing yeah. outside when they play in a dome. Yeah,
1: the, that's a good move.
3: By Matt that, Patricia. Patricia. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Love that guy. Uh, this one comes to us from the 360 l uh, they want to know, where do you see Seattle's first loss of the season coming?
1: Mm, if they can get through these next two games in the division, I could see maybe the Buffalo game, because that's, that's going to be a tough one against uh, Josh Allen and all that stuff. I mean, that would be the one that I would think could be a loss. <clears throat> but again, you know, they have to beat Arizona. San Francisco is still going to be beat up when they come to town. And so it could be the Buffalo game. And if not, it could be the Ram game after that.
3: 509 wants to know, John, any updates on Dalvin Cook's health?
1: Uh, they, I don't think he's going to play this week. It's an, I think it was an abductor strain or something of that nature. And remember, they have a bye week after this week. I don't think they want to risk putting him out there and making the injury worse.
3: This one from the 808. They want to know, John, any punishment coming from the NFL or the Broncos for Melvin Gordon?
1: Oh, he'll, I mean, if he's found guilty of the DUI, he's going to get a three game suspension. I think his case is going to be, what, November, maybe November 21st. And so if he's found guilty, then he'll get a three game suspension.
3: This one coming from the
1: 253. They want to know,
3: John, do you think Baker Mayfield is finally taking the leap here in year
1: three? I don't know about a leap because basically they've gone from a passing offense to a running offense, but he's certainly playing better. So I think that you can see improvement, but I wouldn't call it a leap. And this one, John, will wrap it up from the
3: four two five. They want to know who has a better chance of surviving this year as head coach, Adam Gase or Joe Judge?
1: Uh, Joe Judge, because, again, he's in the first year. I can't see Adam Gase surviving, but uh, Joe Judge, you know, uh, even though he's 0-5, I can't see them doing a one-and-done type year. That's not the Giants' way. That'll do it for text questions. Okay, and, of course, coming up with our Daily Dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby, John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: John Clayton,
1: powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios,
3: on demand with the 710 Seattle Sports App.
1: And time for our Daily Dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. And so, David, I guess the saga continues with the New York football Jets in the sense that uh, Adam Gaze, I guess, gets his way. He gets mad at a player for getting mad at him and tweeting some things out. And so now Le'Veon Bell's without a job.
2: Yeah, that was a nice move, wasn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, that helps. I mean, it makes them a better team when you you, know, you get rid of a player. And so it's like now they have one less player on a team that doesn't have many players.
2: A team that's no good and a coach that's no good and a, and a team that hasn't been good for years. And it'll be interesting to see where Le'Veon Bell goes. Uh, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh obviously looks pretty good here. He caused a lot of problems there with the Jets, but I imagine he'll find himself a home here before too long.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the team to me that would be natural would be the Chicago Bears because the Bears have nothing at the running back position right now. And I think the idea is like, okay, you put Bell, he can catch passes, he can run the football, he gives you a dual threat.
2: Yeah, makes some sense. Uh, It'll it'll be interesting to see where he winds up landing, but... um... Just to speak to the jets uh, dysfunction, it's, uh, it's a perennial thing with them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is not a big surprise.
1: Well, and that's the thing. I think it also speaks to the dysfunction of Le'Veon Bell, because here he was on they a work. good football team making a, a franchise tag at 14.55 million dollars. And so then he decides, oh, that's not good enough. I want a long term deal. So he sits out the year. He loses 14.55 million. And now the next thing is he ends up going to the worst possible team for him, a New York Jet team with a head coach that didn't want him. Because remember, you know, Dave right. McHagnon, you know, decided to sign him and give him the 13.1. But Adam Gaze's philosophy is, I don't care how good the back is. I don't want to have him paid money. And so it's like that was a, a doomed from the start.
2: The other circumstances, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers who cut ties with Bell, who cut ties with Antonio Brown. And what's their record this year, John?
1: Uh, they are uh, 3-0.
2: 4-0 no, I believe.
1: No, cuz remember they, they they didn't get that Tennessee. It was a 4-0, no, you're right, 4-0. No. Yeah, but Yeah, uh,
2: I mean the, the point being
1: that No, no, they're 3-0 uh, you know, because they, they didn't play the Tennessee game. 3-0. You know.
2: Okay. Well, point being that uh, they they there's a franchise that knows what they're doing versus franchises that don't know what they're doing.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And I'm just amazed that ownership would endorse this type of move you know because Adams upset because he tweeted on me and said I didn't get a chance to play as much as I should and this coming you know 3 games after Adam kept him on the field when he shouldn't have been out there because he had a hamstring injury <clears throat> and so Adams now done that with uh, injuries to three players that he wasn't advised, because the left tackle <clears throat> put him out there when he shouldn't be there. Put him because as an emergency tackle, and he needed him in an emergency, and then he gets hurt again. And then you know Le'Veon Bell misses three games because of a hamstring, and he was on the field five plays after injuring the hamstring. He should have had him come off the field. And then you know Sam Darnold was ruled out today uh, for the second straight week because he came back and tried to gut through a AC joint problem uh, with his shoulder.
2: Yep. Jets are no good, John. You're just, you're just emphasizing the point, belaboring it. They're, they, they're not good. They're not going to be good. And, and, um, geez, man, it's, 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 it helps you appreciate what you've got with the Seahawks.
1: Oh yeah. No question. Again, And that's why, and that's, and that's the problem I think owners is again, you know, we can blame a lot on Adam Gaze and all that stuff, but again, this is an ownership. Oh, it
2: definitely, it definitely goes to the top. I mean, it, you know, uh, we know that with all good organizations it goes from, it trickles down from the top. If you've got good leadership, you're gonna you got a better chance. It's not a guarantee, of course. Mm-hmm. Nothing guaranteed in this life. But you got a better chance of being successful. And if you don't have good ownership, if you have bad ownership, you have almost no chance of being successful. I mean, occasionally, accidentally, something good can happen, but uh, that's what it is. It's an accident. So uh, that's a, that's a lesson learned for sure.
1: Yeah, and and again, he, and here's where they put themselves in a bind. Uh, would you say that Matt rule has done a remarkable job with the Carolina Panthers at three and two?
2: Absolutely. I mean, giving up his quarterback, you know, drafted heavily on, uh, on defense, uh, uh they're, they're they're a team on the rise i would agree with you completely
1: yeah and of course i mean the idea was they interviewed matt rule and he was supposed to be the main choice for the job <clears throat> and so they they ask him it's like what are you thinking on defensive coordinator i don't know what name he gave him but he gave him a name and he says, no it's going to be greg williams you have to have greg williams as your defensive coordinator and he goes i'm going to stay at baylor sorry bye and so now Matt Rule gets, you know, with better ownership and uh, <clears throat> Jake Tapper and, Tepper and, uh, you know, down there in uh, Carolina, and yep. now they're 3-2. and two And, you know, it's not like they're a playoff team. I don't think they will get that because, again, they're not good on defense. But they'll get better on defense next year, and they could challenge for the playoffs in 2021.
2: Speaking of playoff teams, boy, the Titans put a whipping Oof. on the Bills last night. That Big was, time. That was... I mean, I know the Bills had some injuries on defense, and uh, that, that's not notwithstanding. I mean, that was just that was just a plain old whooping. I mean, Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill. You talk about coaching again uh, making a difference for a player. I mean, it just made a huge difference for him.
1: If you go back the 16 games it's been since Tannehill's taken over at quarterback, he's put up the same numbers in that stretch as Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Isn't that remarkable? It is, and that's and that's with a running team. You know, because, you know, Derrick Henry, you know, they they give uh, the bulk of the offense to him. But to to think that uh, Tannehill, and again, a guy that Adam Gaze uh, was supposed to develop, and next thing you know, they eventually give up on him in Miami, and here he is doing great stuff with the uh, Tennessee Titans. But what's Here's remarkable it. about that is that, uh, you know, to beat an undefeated Bills team as bad as they did with virtually no practice, because all they had was like a 90-minute session right. on, uh, sa- on Saturday, they hadn't been in their building in t- more than two weeks. They were down three starters on offense, including their left tackle and Corey Davis, the wide receiver. And, you know, they come in and they just destroy the
2: Bills. That they did, and uh, speaking of destroying Tampa's, destroying Houston in the baseball playoffs, that one can end today, John.
1: I know, I know. Uh, and that's...
2: A, th- a 3-0 lead and Jose Altuve, you ever had the yips, John?
1: Mm, me, no, but um, I wasn't an athlete, so I didn't have to worry too much about that.
2: Oh, you never had him writing, writing a story or anything like that?
1: No, I was okay. All I, uh... of a
2: sudden you could, because all of a sudden, Jose Altuve is Steve Sacks and he can't throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, all all of the, I it's mean, a guy who didn't have an error during the regular season, and and uh, had two critical ones yesterday, and and Tampa's on the verge of knocking out Houston 3-0. And, you know, I think the other series is a little bit different, even though it's 2-0 Atlanta. Atlanta had, what, a 7-1 lead, and the Dodgers came back and lost 8-7. I think they got a little confidence out of their loss. But, uh, again, it's interesting to see in, in the baseball playoffs, no days off, and, and uh, guys shredding their pitching staff, which, which they've got to do. Um, you know, it's really benefiting a team like Tampa that, It's built from the back end up, the team that kind of started doing the opener thing and have guys uh, prepared to go two or three innings at a time. It's really, really benefited them, uh, the fact that they've done the playoffs the way they've done them.
1: Oh, yeah, no doubt, and that's, uh, that's, that's good on their part to be able to, to handle it. And, of course, the big thing is is that uh, you know it, we, we're now seeing what uh, is being tried here in Seattle. You take the step back, and then it worked for Tampa. It worked for San Diego, even though San Diego was eliminated in, by the Dodgers. But still, you can see that they're a, a mounting team for the next couple of years. And so you can see that this system does work.
2: It can work. Yes, not not automatically. No,
1: we we uh, saw that with the with the Angels. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, that's right. It can work, and and um, you know when it does, you got to be ready to take advantage of it. And and uh, you know it's it, it's interesting. It's interesting to watch. So uh, it, it's feeling like a, a Tampa Atlanta World Series, which is not. I don't think that's necessarily a ratings grabber, but it would be an interesting one if it played out that way.
1: And yeah, of course, I mean, even you look at Atlanta; they kind of did the same thing, and maybe it wasn't as dramatic as San Diego. Yeah, they
2: their time, you're exactly right, yeah. John. They, yeah. they, they, that's, a, that's a team that built through the minor league system; that they resisted uh, change, they, they promoted from within uh, in terms of managers. That's, a, that's, a, that's an organization that has a system that showed faith in it that developed top top young players. And uh, unlike some of the other teams like Tampa and the A's, Atlanta's got the wherewithal to keep some of their guys if they want to. So I agree with you completely. That, that's a team that was built from the, the ground up, and it's making a big difference in the postseason. Is they're threatening a Dodger team, which was not built from the ground up, but has a lot of good players at the best record. But this frustrating stretch of not winning a World Series since Kirk Gibson circled the bases. Back in 89, uh, the Dodgers are at their backs against the wall today, so that'll be an interesting one as well.
1: It will be, and, of course, uh, you'll be you'll be watching. I know that. Uh, so, And, of course, that's our Daily Dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. David, have yourself a great day.
2: John, we'll talk again tomorrow, buddy.
1: All right, sounds good. And, of course, I'll be back tomorrow at 10. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.